Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the Challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated Challenge Historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very, very, very much for being here with us today. It is Finals Week Take 2, after last week, where... I, and maybe I alone, I guess, was under the impression that Spies, Lies, and Allies would be ending, thought it was time to crown the champion, and couldn't have been more wrong. Became a two-part episode, which probably should have seen coming all along, but I didn't. Uh, This time around, though, I am positive that we are a little over 24 hours away from now seeing the finish of that season, seeing a champion or multiple get their money in that challenge champion title added to the resume. Along with that, we enter the second half of All-Stars 2 with the sixth episode dropping on Thursday, or at least, again, maybe I'm going to be wrong again. I think there's only 10 episodes, so the sixth would be the second half. Who knows if I'm actually right about that, but another action-packed week of challenge content ahead. Programming reminders that we will, of course, be back two more times this week because two more episodes are coming. You got two more podcasts coming once Wednesday night for Spies, Lies, and Allies, then again Thursday for All Stars 2, recapping both of those shows as they unfold. We will then leave next week's schedule a little up in the air for now. Uh, Wait to see. Um, either two pods or three pods based on the reunion episode of Spies, Lies, and Allies. If there's going to be multiple reunion episodes, we might just wait and cover all of it in one in our end-of-season wrap-up. That could be next week. That could be the week after. We shall see. We'll play that one by ear for now. No other house cleaning to speak of, so we will get right into it. A few notes from the between time to start us off and then right into reviewing and previewing the two episodes coming out later this week. We will do the All-Stars episode first when we do the review previews and then the Spies, Lies, and Allies finale. So if you are one of those people that's only watching one of the two shows, feel free, as always, to use those show notes and timestamps to get to the part of the pod most relevant to you. So... As always, appreciate you being here. Let's go ahead and get right on into it. To the between time we go, and we will try to get through this as quickly as we can so that we can focus as much attention on the second half of All-Stars 2 and that final portion of the finale of Spies, Lies, and Allies. But a few things from the between time, not as much going down on social media necessarily this week, at least nothing that we feel like is all that relevant and worth talking about. First topic of discussion is the challenge aftermath uh, came to a close, not even after last week, the week before. They at first posted just some clips and then eventually the entire thing all as one long aftermath titled The Shit They Should Have Shown, which is, if you're a longtime challenge fan, used to be the, you know, they would have a reunion episode sometimes, but they would also in the early, especially like in the Inferno kind of area, I'm thinking like seasons like 7 to 15 range was kind of the prime time when, I don't know how many seasons they did it for, but where they would have the actual shit they should have shown episode that would just be 
They would show the, you know, the final episode would air. The next week, maybe a reunion would air. The following week, the shit they should have shown would air, or they would use that as clips to show during the reunion, and they would title it as such. First comment on this version of it, this Aftermath version of it, is with respect to Aftermath, which I have very much enjoyed all season long. I've been promoting it as much as possible here all season long that everyone should be watching it if you're watching the show. Don't use the title shit they should have shown uh, if it's not going to live up to the reputation of that. This this was uh, an, an episode basically of of Devin, Josh, Corey, Tori, Casey, and, and Nani talking about their favorite moments of the season, which was still wonderful, and I learned a few very, very fun things from it, and we'll talk about a couple notes, but uh, it was not... A, you know, a full 60 minute episode of just a bunch of clips and footage that they did not use. And that was well worth seeing and laughing at. Um, And sometimes those shit they should have shown episodes were literally the best episode of a season where they just showed a bunch of wild stuff that didn't make sense in any storyline or the, you know, the plot of the show necessarily, but was very entertaining as just reality TV, random clips of people that we know and like and watch. Um, so don't use that title if it's not going to fully, you know, be that thing, but it still was a very good thing and worth watching thing. Um, and so aftermath came to a close the few notes from it. I believe we mentioned this on, not on the Tuesday review preview last week, but in the actual episode recap of part one of the spies, lies and allies finale, but it came out, we'd seen it in the clip version. And now we saw it when all of it put together in this one full aftermath episode, but Casey, and Nani, when recounting some of their favorite moments of the season, talk about the boat day and then mention that Casey broke her toe when getting off of the boat that day. If you remember a few episodes back, they, TJ, you know, gave him her production or whoever they like to just say TJ gave him everything, gave him a big boat to go chill on for the day. They're swimming around in the ocean, playing around. It looked absolutely amazing. But Casey, Somehow, some way, stumbled on the way off. They didn't really reveal when exactly it happened, but at some point on the boat, getting off the boat one way or the other, hurt her toe so bad to the point of it was actually literally broken or dislocated or something to that effect, and that they she had not had a chance to get that, you know, anything worked on or fixed with that other than just resting it as much as possible in the house until well after the season ended, which means she is running this final right now with a broken toe and it is not coming up or dislocated toe, something something very painful that when you, especially when you're running up loose rock on the side of a mountain, probably not the most enjoyable thing to have that type of pain in your foot. It may be a reason why in the first half of the the finale that we've seen so far, she, you know, they, they play up the, the injury she had last season, which certainly I would imagine, uh, without obviously knowing I'm not her, but would have, uh, impact on how quickly she wants to be running up a path of loose rock on the side of a mountain might be, you know, rightfully so they play it up as, you know, having some flashbacks of, uh, is that, you know, is that going to freak her out in any way? I think someone even says that maybe in a confessional, um, but, uh, definitely isn't brought up in the moment, at least maybe it will on this episode that she has a dislocated or broken toe. And that's going to make, that's going to slow her down one way or the other. She's obviously a beast. 
obviously extremely tough, not even wanting to think about it, talk about it or anything, um, use it as some sort of excuse. That's amazing and awesome. But to think that that wouldn't impact someone running one of these finals is insane. So does it is information worth knowing as we are watching this unfold. Then two other things uh, that comes from this Aftermath episode. The first one, they do multiple different people, not just Josh himself, but four or five of them comment on the Josh versus Fessy fight quote unquote fight um, again and reflect on it. And the big takeaway from all of their reflection is I think Casey is the one that says like pretty outright, we thought Josh was going home, not Fessy and others allude to that yet again, which was alluded to in the moment. It was talked about by a lot of them on podcast circuits after that episode aired that the whole house thought that Josh was the one going home because the part we didn't see was multiple glasses being thrown and shattered and a lot more of an outburst from Josh without physically touching anyone necessarily, but just a very big outburst from him and that, you know, Fessy, Tori even says, uh, because Ed's Ed kind Ed and Tori are discussing it and, uh, it, Tori has to even say like, well, then he did the face push. Um, Ned's like, oh yeah, yeah, the face push. And they're both kind of have a feeling of like, yeah, you know, we should probably, we should probably remind that there was something that got Fessy sent home, but we're not even going to call it a punch or a fight or anything, a face, a little face push. Um, so it's very clear that the, the attitude of the house from all those that were there was very much, if anyone is at, uh, anyone deserves to be sent home from this, which it seems like the overall attitude is no one deserved to be sent home or they didn't think anyone was going to be sent home, I guess is the most fair way to say it. Um, feels like what the attitude being portrayed is, but they, if they thought anyone was going home, it was Josh, not Fessy. So that was just an interesting little cap on uh, pretty similar feelings to what we thought in the moment and what we, myself, commented on uh, after the fact. Final thing then, the one... If, of everything in this, all the different moments that aren't on camera that they talk about and even maybe some of them give brief glimpses of, the one I am dying for them to put out a clip of, of every, everything that was discussed in this 30, 40 minute uh, aftermath episode is according to, I think it was Devin and Josh were the ones discussing it, but according to them, there was an Emmy Big T a uh, little dust up somewhere along the lines later in the season, right? Maybe relatively soon before Big T went home um, related to, they weren't a hundred percent sure how it started there. They believed it had something to do with Big T trying to, you know, warn Emmy like, Hey, this is what CT did to me last season. So maybe being his kind of right hand girl isn't, isn't the best spot to be just giving you a heads up. What has happened to those of us in the past who have kind of partnered up with him the way you are. Um, but the, the crux of it was that big T at some point started singing a remixed version of alien Emmy's song that she debuted on this season and is now is a real banger out there available. Go listen to it on Spotify, support our girl Emmy, but Big T remixed it with just 100% insults, just started singing Alien, but replaced all the words with insults of some sort, and her and Emmy had a big, some sort of blow up over it, uh, verbal verbal only, um, nothing else was alluded to by Devin or Josh, but I've got to see this, because one, it's completely out of left field, does not seem like 
a, you know, not a, definitely a surprising uh, thing for Big T to do. Not necessarily something I would see coming from her, but now I've got to hear this remix insult laden uh, diss track version of Alien that Big T came up with. So need to hear that in the future if that clip does exist. Really think they should put that one out there. Um, otherwise, that is everything for the aftermath show. Then. One, two other things to touch on from the between time before we get to the review previews, and that was TJ joined the, I listened to, finally got back to listening to a majority of the podcast, challenge-related podcasts I tried to go through. There's so many great ones out there. Uh, try to listen to as many as I can, um, and usually end up, as much as I want to talk about a lot of the independent podcasts that are out there doing this just for the love of the show, like myself, um, a lot of the ones uh, they that I end up talking about happened to be the you know the kind of official ones with the cast members themselves which is what I'm about to do here TJ went on the official challenge podcast with Anissa and Tori and it was just wonderful to listen to TJ talk anything about the challenge he's just absolutely the man and again belated happy birthday a week later um but TJ a couple things from his little interview that were worth note and definitely worth going back and listening to the whole thing. Um, it's kind of about the season as a whole and his experience as a whole. It's not really like an episode recap, so it's not going to be weird for you to listen to after the fact, but one, he loves Croatia. There's a little town that I forget the name, but he wants to like buy a house and live in Croatia. So Croatia already high on my list of places I want to go. Now I even more want to go stay in this little town that TJ was loving and living in while filming this one. Second thing, very, very important thing that I believe I had heard him say somewhere else before, but I can't remember exactly where or if I'm just making it up in my mind because I wanted wanted to know the answer. But definitively on this, he says, they ask him, when you send people home at the end of, you know, someone gets eliminated and you, TJ, always says, and all of us fans out here always waiting to hear, is he going to say, I hope to see you again, I know we'll see you again, or, you know, take care of yourself, bye, hope to see you never. What is he going to say? What in that is, you know, kind of an indication of, what, are we going to see that person again? So many of us, myself, very much among them, think of that as like, that's, those words are the Bible. Like if he says, definitely going to see you again, that person's cast next season, no doubt about it, no matter what. If he just says, you know, take care of yourself, hope you had a good time, that person's never, ever coming back. But he does say in this interview that he ad-libs all of that and that those are 100% his personal feelings, but that they are truly, he's not just like saying one to say one. He does, those are his actual opinions of whether he personally wants to see that person brought back or not, but that he then in the, in the back end has no real impact at all on the casting. But whenever you hear those, uh, you know, I would say whether he actually goes in and has an opinion during casting or not, I would hope that the casting individuals and the whole production realize the importance of TJ's opinions and even without asking for them can take them the same way our fans can as when he sends someone home. Hey, what is TJ? Does TJ want to see that person back? So maybe they're an indicator, maybe they're not, but we do know they are 100% his opinions. So for those who have been sent home by TJ and have gotten those words of praise, now, it can mean even more knowing that it truly was his opinion. Final thing about TJ on that, then he did mention, if you follow him on Instagram, you know he's currently doing a 5K a day. Every single day, this guy runs 5K at least, if not more. It is very inspiring stuff. It's wonderful. He even recently did it literally in like street clothes and sandals because he had 
maybe forgotten from part of the day or whatever, just a, a moment hit him midday. And he was like, I'm going to go do it right now in the middle of Vegas. Um, but he started it while on in Croatia during this season. And he also admitted to, he ran the entire final the day before himself. And he said it was not the first time that he has done that, which of all the many, many, many amazing parts of TJ's job, uh, I have to say, being able to, I, I, he did not say whether he does some of the other challenges. He's been asked that before if he gets to like practice or do any of the ones that looks fun. But for me personally, if I was in his shoes, I know it sounds horrible. In the moment, it would be actually horrible to run these finals. They're brutally, brutal, grueling, very, very cruel, mean uh, things of physical endurance. But saying all that, it would be really, really cool to run it with no pressure uh, the day before and just like test it out. And then to be able to, you know, it makes it even better that he did this knowing now if he talks shit about to any of them at any point, if someone were to quit or whatever, and he can actually say like, come on out. Like I even did this. Like, come on, you could finish this. So just shout out TJ for being being the goat, love him. Final thing from the between time is then uh, just a quick mention that'll actually take us into our All-Stars 2 review and preview. And that was from Brad, who was on the Giant Bananas podcast and was a very entertaining pod to listen to. But one little thing that stuck out to me that's worth mentioning as we move into reviewing last week's episode is that during the bounce back challenge, the challenge they did last week on episode five, the jumping up the trampolines and jumping off into the water, we saw Melinda, you know, end up getting DQ, medical DQ'd for a horrible landing, having to go, you know, check if she had a concussion, that sort of thing, which thankfully she didn't. Um, but we saw her and we saw a few other people, you know, take bad falls and have like moments in the water of like, oh my God, what just happened? But we only saw Melinda go to the actual like medical tent or whatever, medical truck, whatever, whatever you want to call it. According to Brad, literally about half of the people ended up in that medical truck or tent or with the medical staff during or after they participated in this challenge from all the falling and no one could figure out how to just jump, hit this thing, and then fall like pencil style, feet first. Everyone was falling on their sides, their heads, their backs, and that about half the people visited the medical during this challenge, which is why it took so incredibly long and it was dark by the end of it. So found that very illuminating just as we discussed throughout the season of All-Stars, the kind of athletic divide that there might be or just the, you know, the first episode of All-Stars with TJ grilling them over like, come on, you got to try a little harder. You got to do a little better than that. You're supposed to be All-Stars. What's going on here? That uh, they might be struggling even more than what we are seeing in the episode itself. So with that, let's actually use that as our transition into from the between time into our review preview. And again, we will start with all stars two this time so that we can finish up with that spies, lies and alleys finale. So if you're only watching one, if you're not caught up all the way with all stars, use those show notes. You can skip ahead. Otherwise stick right here and let's review preview all stars two. Alrighty, starting off our review first of All-Stars last week on episode five, a quick 90-second recap or less, depending how fast we can get through this, of everything that happened last week on the episode so we can kind of remember, refresh where we're at before previewing what we are hoping for, expecting, and predicting this week in the episode six, kicking off the back half of the season. So three, two, one, here we go. 
They have a big old party. Everyone dances. The Three Kings Alliance is put forward, a.k.a. Nehemiah Tech Letarian. They think Steve maybe is a part of it, but turns out he's not. We learn of Tina's struggles to keep the anger at bay, and then of Melinda's tragedy before coming to the show when she lost a child during pregnancy. So heavy hearts there. Daily challenge is then held called Bounce Back. A lot of people take really nasty falls. Jody and Darrell eventually win and get power. Brad, back of the house, solidifies his alliance with Darrell and his partnership with Jody, taking the spot of Derek, who was sent home previously. Darrell and Jody then force Ayana to use her life shield on herself. She is very pissed about this, may come to haunt them later on. Eventually, we get to Steve versus Tech, Melinda versus Tina matchups in the arena. Tech and Steve, they get physical in a game that's not really meant for physicality. Eventually, Tech wins, and the three kings celebrate very, very publicly, which everyone else takes note of. Tina then chooses not to compete versus Melinda, lets her go ahead and finish the whole thing, and lets her win, wanting to remove herself from the environment of the game that she feels is bringing out tendencies. She has worked hard to change into herself. So Tina is sent home, as is Steve, and Tech and Melinda now own some life shields, and we move into the back half of the season. So that's where we are at. And again, five episodes down, we believe five to go, um, which what we got, so they've sent home, I don't even know how many people, they started with 24. So we've already sent home a good number of those. I have not kept exact track here, but I guess we've had four eliminations. So eight people have gone home. So we got 16 people left likely maybe six more to eliminate, maybe more before a final. Um, Let's preview this week's episode, episode six. First off, what I'm hoping for, that would be some more pranks. I know Tina just went home, and Tina was the one who we had the one real prank of the season with the uh, dissolvable shorts for Ryan, which was a great, great moment. I don't know if Tina, I guess Tina and Katie both were the two people kind of involved in that moment, and both of them are now gone. I don't know if anyone else came prepared with some pranks, but we can only hope that they will continue the pranks and the parties. We just want the two Ps, what I'm hoping for every pretty, pretty much every episode of All Stars is more pranks, more parties, please and thank you. What I'm expecting, what I'm expecting is for the athletic divide in the house to continue being obvious. We just mentioned, you know, Brad's commentary on we're not even seeing all of the struggle that there really is out there. Um, During that same interview, it was commented on, you know, uh, Johnny really pressed Brad to kind of admit it or say it, but, you know, uh, pressed him on the, Brad, you could probably, you could still compete in the flagship show with no matter how young or jacked or, you know, muscular or whatever, all, all the physical stuff, uh, like you would still compete there. Do you ever, you know, feel like you're playing against the JV team? I forget exactly how he phrased it, but Brad more or less admitted, yes, depending on the type of challenge it is, you know, if it's trivia, not so much, everyone's on equal footing, but when it comes to the actual physical stuff, there is, you know, a bit of a divide in those, uh, that are still training, like they're, you know, going to be invited back to the flagship show any moment now. Um, and those that maybe are just living normal lives and aren't training like, uh, like they're, you know, training for a professional sport still like a Brad, uh, looks to be doing based on how incredible he looks. So hats off to him, but I expect the athletic divide to continue to be obvious in the house and that that's going to potentially cause some tension as far as, you know, in any season of the challenge, all stars, flagship, any spinoff, anything ever, 
inevitably it comes up when people are going into eliminations and they get to voice who they would like to go against, which so far everyone has been very cordial on this season of All-Stars and the last one about kind of letting people say, who do you want? And, you know, more often than not giving them means we're going to get a lot of people kind of singling out the, well, I'm going to go for the person who seems to have not been working out nearly as much or not been preparing for this as much or not, you know, is invested in the game as maybe I am. So maybe they weren't doing tangram puzzles at home, whatever. Uh, and that's just going to drive this divide. I think more and more in the house of those, those people are going to get called out, uh, repeatedly and whether they have to go into the elimination or not, their names are going to get put out there and the reasons for their names going out there is going to be out there. So I'm expecting that athletic divide to continue to be obvious. What I am predicting though on the season so far, well, first off, our preseason predictions looking very solid. We update those and talk about those season-long predictions on the recap podcast. But since we are at the mid-season point, it should be said that right now we predicted the two winners would be Brad and Jody still in play. We predicted all 10 people we thought would make the final and only one of those 10. Ryan has been sent home so far, so we're looking real solid there. But as for our weekly predictions, episode by episode on the season, we're three out of six. And this week, we're adding two more, two predictions for tomorrow night's episode or excuse me, two days from now's episode, Thursday's episode, whenever you watch it, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, over the weekend, what have you. Two predictions for episode six. First one is it will be a team daily challenge. We've had two individual challenges in a row. And before the numbers get so small, I think they're going to do at least one more times with teams. So I expect this one, I'm predicting this one will be a team daily challenge and we'll get to see both that athletic divide as well as those two alliances dividing up the house be shown on full display, go head to head in a team battle. Second prediction hurts my heart to even predict it, but I think it's going to happen. And that is that Jasmine is going to be targeted. I am not predicting that she necessarily goes into elimination or goes home or anything like that, but I am predicting she is targeted. Her name comes up. It is brought to her attention something is said about that. Uh, hurts my heart to even think about this because I want Jasmine to get all the way to the end because I want Jasmine on my television screen as much as possible. But those are my two predictions. Team Daily Challenge, Jasmine will become a target. We will see if we can keep this 50-50 streak going. Maybe we can increase ourselves into that top, you know, above 50% success rate. Maybe for the first time. We went one for two all three other times so far. Maybe we can go two for two for the first time. But that's what I'm hoping for, expecting, predicting for this next episode of the season and really for the rest of All-Stars 2, uh, the rest of the season, the back half of the season. More pranks, more parties, please, and thank you. Definitely hoping for that. Definitely expecting the athletic divide and these two alliances to continue to kind of split the house. Um, And we will do predictions episode by episode the whole rest of the way. So with that, that's All-Stars 2. Let's then move into the final episode of season 37, 19 episodes deep. This season has been on forever, but I've loved every minute of it. Let's review and preview Spies, Lies, and Allies, episode 19, the final. All righty, so Spies, Lies, and Allies, episode 19. Thought there was only going to be 18. There's 19, two-part finale episode. Still think as much as I'm happy for extra challenge content, always love the more episodes well, the more episodes, not necessarily the better for the actual season itself. But for me personally, the more episodes, the better. I'll take anything you can give me challenge related. But 
did think that they were going to do the Night of Eliminations and a final all in one episode, and it was going to be an amazing, rip-roaring 90 minutes of television or maybe two-hour-long episode. We got two episodes instead, two 90 minutes, although I guess I don't know for sure if this week, maybe it's only 60 minutes, maybe it's 90 minutes. Uh, We shall see. The only other time this season that it has not been a 90-minute episode has been the Fessy Josh confrontation. That was kind of a two-parter with a cliffhanger, but those were both 60 minutes. But since last week was 90, I'm guessing maybe this one will be 90, maybe it'll be 60, who knows. But quick review of what happened on part one of the finale last week. We had our Night of Eliminations, Amanda versus Tori in Balls In, essentially uh, a variation of it, but that's what the game they played. Tori dominated, sending Amanda home. Emmanuel then versus Devin. Emmanuel for the second time in one night going into elimination, absolutely brutal. Doing three straight puzzles. Devin falls behind early, comes back, gets the win. Then it was time for the final. They stayed in Croatia. They start as an individual game, three checkpoints in a row that they have to go through, where at the end of the third one, they form two teams based on who gets there first. The two teams then become Devin, CT, Tori, and Emmy on one team. Again, Devin, CT, Tori, Emmy. Then Casey, Nani, Nelson, Kyle on the second team. And it is said, as we end the episode, TJ lets them know that the team that is in second place at the end of day one of the final is going to face elimination. And that is where the episode ends. So we're sitting halfway through the final. We've got two teams now. Again, one more time. Devin CT, Tori, Emmy, Casey, Nani, Nelson, Kyle on the other side. Two teams and has been made... I guess I think it was made 100% clear by TJ. Uh, I think actually he said you don't want to be in last second at the end of day one, but then in the next week or the next time on, we hear him say that there was going to be an elimination. So we put that together to mean the team that's in second after day one is going into elimination. And we assume that uh, they're going to be fair here and it's not going to be just a male elimination or just a female elimination or just one or the other somehow decided it's going to be both. So our assumption is, my assumption is then that whichever team is in second at the end of day one, which can't be, I mean, they're already, they didn't do a ton time-wise in the the first leg. Most of the running and little swimming and everything wasn't super duper long. So I'm guessing it didn't take forever, but you know, they started, they didn't, they probably started early in the morning, but it, it was light out, you know, light high up in the sky. So it wasn't like they started at four in the morning or anything crazy like that. So it's got to be midday at least by now. They've at least done half of the first day that when they finish the team in second, my assumption would be just has to face off in eliminations because there's two guys, there's two girls. So the, you know, two males, you're playing each other, two females, you're playing each other. Winner stays, losers go home. We'll see if that's actually the case Um, quickly before we discuss the elimination any further, though. One thing that must be said about the the first part of the final. So did the times not matter in any single way other than getting to pick your team and getting to... You know, is the only thing that the times from this first portion, the only thing that it impacted when you got to that platform and when you got to pick your team and ultimately... You know, it's now these two teams starting from on equal footing going against each other, or is there going to be some sort of advantage for, you know, Devin CT, Tori, and Emmy were the first four to finish the whole thing, and they chose each other as their team, but they all finished one, two, three, and four, and Nelson, Casey, Nani, Kyle, you know, finished five, six, seven, and eight. So does it matter at all that Casey finished 
what had to be many minutes behind Tori and Emmy on the female side or Kyle many, many minutes behind Devin or CT. I'm guessing not. I'm guessing it was just purely for the advantage of, you know, getting to select your teammates, but we shall see. But I, if, if that's the case, I guess that's fine. And it, it's helpful from the standpoint of, you know, like we don't let this be a blowout the way, you know, last season on double agents, it was kind of clear immediately like CT and Amber wiped the floor with those other teams and they were blowing them out early and often and all the legs. And so, yes, that can, you know, that ruins the drama of it. Um, so I get from that standpoint, if they do this and they're like, Hey, we just knocked out a third of the final and everyone's tied. Like that's really great for suspense and drama. But as far as, you know, I guess we care about that more as fans and we maybe care about it being totally fair when you're in there playing, but feels like you kind of want it to be totally fair too. So guess that didn't really matter. Let's talk more about the elimination. So we got two things now we've got, we've got the rest of the final. We've got who wins, but we've also very much known have this elimination that's going to happen in the middle of it at the end of the first night, which also means we kind of know this is an overnight uh, final as more or less expected as almost every final is at this point, but you never know if they're going to make that a little different or not. So it's definitely going to be overnight too. the eliminations. If we are correct in thinking that he says, you know, you don't want to be in second at the end of day one. If we assume that means that team in second, all four of you are doing elimination versus each other, the two, you know, two guys, two girls going against each other. Then if we assume that to be true, then we have two options for the elimination matchups. We will either see Tori versus Emmy and Devin versus CT, or we will see Casey versus Nani and Nelson versus Kyle. The one way that could be changed up is if we are wrong and one way or the other, someone gets picked. Maybe it's the team in second uh, has to, you know, someone gets voted one male, one female gets voted in of the two of each. And then that person still gets to pick who they want to go against with anyone being an option. And, you know, the winning, the team in first at the end of the day, still being vulnerable. We'll see, but I'm assuming there's going to be a reward for being in first an advantage of some sort. So I'm, you know, I'm still leaning towards it's just going to be teammates versus teammates in that elimination. So if that is the case, the two different matchups, both of them would lead to some very entertaining, very thrilling stuff. The first, first off, if, if, uh, I don't know what the colors of the teams are, I don't really care. I'm going to call them CT's team and Casey's team because that's what I'm going to call them. So CT's team is in second. Let's say that we got Tori versus Emmy on the female side. We got Devin versus CT on the male side, Tori versus Emmy. Hell of a matchup. Would love, love, love to see this matchup. That I mean, it would just be great. It would, it would suck for Emmy, who's already done four eliminations, but would let her, you know, if she were to win, it counts as elimination win. And now five and zero, possible five and zero elimination rookie champion tie that Sarah Grayson record from season seven. That would be pretty amazing, and you know, up her even further in the history books of the challenge for greatest rookie seasons maybe ever in the history of the show. And it would make, you know, Tori's season even a little extra added note to it to be the one to knock out this beast rookie Emmy. So those two going against each other would be absolutely fantastic. Devin versus CT at first glance, you're like, uh, you know, whatever, uh, CT might just destroy Devin and whatever they have to do. But, um, the one thing about this is if they're going to make them do an elimination at the end of the first night, 
there's a better than not chance this is going to be mostly a puzzle-based thing. Now, back on Total Madness, the most you know recent season where we saw this, uh, it was a physical thing where Rogan and Bananas had to jump in the foot-deep snow and hit a bell. Um, but we also found out after the fact that that might have been maneuvered and made to be a totally different thing because of the the crazy snowstorms they were seeing and the elements they were facing. But so it was kind of physical, but it was not... It was physical in a in a way that didn't. There was no physical contact. I guess is the way to say it. It was a, a physical challenge without a puzzle. Um, but it would be some if it was something like that. Devin and CT. It's a fair matchup. It's a toss up more or less. But I don't think it's going to be a pole wrestle or something of that nature where you know CT is just going to absolutely dominate because that would seem again a little bit unfair. But I guess maybe for a CT having to go forward after doing something like that. But uh, maybe that's, you know, the disadvantage you get for being in last place at the time. But assuming it's a puzzle, Devin versus CT, what a matchup that would be. The actual puzzle king of the challenge, far and away, CT, who dominates every single puzzle put in front of him, versus Devin, who is the anointed puzzle king, um, self-anointed, but has now backed it up repeatedly throughout this season and prior seasons. So getting to see the two of them, face off like that and the opportunity for Devin who has taken down Johnny bananas and Wes in an elimination to add CT to that list would be quite, quite incredible. So those would be amazing. The other side, if Casey's team were to be in second place, we have Casey versus Nani Nelson versus Kyle, both a lot of interesting things going on with that mainly Casey versus Nani. Does, if they have to go against each other in elimination, does either of them just throw in the towel and quit? Do they, both, I mean, they're both not going to give a hundred percent because they're completely dating. Yeah, completely dating. That sounded dumb. They're dating. They're a wonderful couple, which makes them having to face each other in elimination all kinds of awkward for them. And it would make me think: Would either one of them, or would they just kind of stop and have a discussion of like who sh- who should finish this out? Would Casey's toe being broken then come up and come into play? And would she be like, "Hey, like Nani, you know"? Like, this thing's hurting kind of bad. You've got this. I believe in you. You go do it. Would Nani be like, hey, you know, I've been here a few times. I've never been able to quite get it done. You're a beast. You've been here three straight times. You're going to win this. Go win this. Would either of them throw in the towel? Would they actually face off? Would be fascinating to see. Nelson versus Kyle. If if it was a puzzle again, hilarious. If it was if they did go all out, like here's a big disadvantage for even for the winner. And now you got to do a pole wrestle or something super duper physical. Um, you know, that'd be a hell of a battle to see of those two people. So incredible matchups all the way around, whatever way it pops out, even if, if it, if I'm wrong and someone, you know, gets thrown in and has to then pick their opponent, there's no easy people to go against left. There's only eight people. You're going to make someone very, very mad. Uh, you're going to make a very interesting and entertaining matchup. So this elimination is going to be absolutely awesome. If I had to predict, I think CT's team, Tori Emmy, Devin CT, is going to be in first place at the end of the first day just because I think I think the running up to the, the top of the mountain is going to be saved for day two. I don't think there's going to be a ton of endurance left in day one. There'll be some, but I'm expecting some more puzzle checkpoints, maybe the eating portion, assuming there is of that, and a little bit of an endurance or strength here or there. But their team 
you know, is is just really set up to let let CT and maybe with a little help from Devin do the puzzles when when needed to let Tori and Emmy and CT, you know, if they had to carry a bunch of heavy stuff, great. Um, and just if they got to eat, I don't see any reason why that team can't eat just as fast as the other. So I just think they're going to be in first place. So I'm guessing we're going to get Casey versus Nani, Nelson versus Kyle. We will see if that prediction is correct. Then we got the rest of the final. It will be overnight of some sort. Will TJ let them actually get some sort of sleep? Will being in first at the first team, will that win you any sort of better accommodations like we've seen in the past? Will they have to stay in teams and do some sort of, you know, in the past we've seen much more in pairs, but some sort of rotation of, hey, someone from your team has to hold this car battery all night long and you can switch as much as you want and the others can lay down on the ground and sleep, but one of you has to be standing on this log with this car battery at all points throughout the night or you get a big penalty. Is there going to be some sort of that? And if so, what are the politics of the teams of deciding who takes the brunt of that or if it's equal or not? And most notably with only one rookie left and that rookie being a sensational one, absolute beast and Emmy, what kind of freak out is Emmy going to have when she finds out they have to like stay up all night long. Is there any breaking point for Emmy being the only, is she the only one? I guess not. I know she's the only rookie, but now I got to relook at this list of people here. Tori's been in a final before. Devin's been in the final. CT's been in a lot of finals. Casey's been in, he's been in Nelsie, Kyle. Yeah. So the only, the only one that hasn't actually went through this, not just the only rookie, but the only one that's not been in a final before. Is there a breaking point of any sort for Emmy and get another classic Emmy meltdown followed by Emmy winning everything, which has been the case all season long. There's going to be eating. We assume we expect, I would, I would predict, um, while not being a very courageous prediction, but I, there's gotta be eating of course. So what does Croatia have to offer on the disgusting delicacy or quote unquote delicacy side, if anything, or is TJ just going to go pick up a bunch of random stuff from a field and say, here you go. Here's what you're eating. Um, then final thing about it, TJ says at the, at the end of, I guess maybe not at the end, uh, I think he says at the very beginning of the final actually, but he points to a peak off in the distance and says your final will end at the top of that. So we do know at some point as expected for the whole time, as expected on any final at this point of the flagship challenge series, you're going to have to run up a mountain. They've already started to do that, but they got a long, long, long ways to go uphill if they're actually going anywhere near the top of the peak TJ points to. So a big, big endurance section coming up, whether they will have to do it in small chunks, whether they will have to carry anything, whether they will still be in teams or individual by that time, who knows? I guess that's the final thing to talk about before we make our predictions for the winners is uh, the other prediction to add is I am going to full on assume, and again, not a very courageous prediction, but think that after they get to the end of the day one, they do their eliminations, there is an overnight, and then if they're sending two people home, and now we only got six left, I highly doubt they're going to do a team of four versus a team of two. At that point, it's got to be back to individuals, or maybe the twist of all twists, I guess not of all twists, but another twist could come, I guess it's a twist one way or the other. Uh, a su- surprise one way or the other. Is it going to be teams? Is it going to be individual? Or is there any possible chance that they say, all right, let's 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 just hypothetical this out. 
that they, you know, as we we predict, CT's team is winning at the end of day one. So Casey versus Nani, Nelson versus Kyle in elimination. And Nani says, Casey, you do it. You're going to get this win. I like your chances better. Go get us this money. I'll bow out and go home. So Casey wins. Nelson beats Kyle. Is it TJ then says, Nelson, Casey, as the winners, you are now a partner. CT, Tori, Emmy, Devin, you guys split yourself up into two right now, right here. And if that that's by far and away, if I have to be hoping for anything, while you know, I think there's gonna be a male and a female winner at the end of this one way or the other. My if I had to put money on it, I would say it's individual and that they go from teams to individual a final time. But if there's anything I am hoping for, I am hoping that they go to pairs instead of individuals or staying in teams that they go to pairs and that Tori, Emmy, Devin and CT have to have the moment of you have to split up because it seems obvious that Tori and Devin best, best buddies and Emmy and uncle CT, you know, obviously best buddies here on this season seems so obvious that they would go that way, but it would be one final moment for my season long prediction that I kept saying over and over and over that Tori and CT wanted to work together and planned secretly. And we just hadn't seen it or heard about it yet, but they planned to work together in the final or run a final together. You know, there's at least, yes, if this came to fruition, Tori and Devin would end up partners. Emmy and CT would end up partners. Probably, probably, probably only probably because there, you know, CT is at least taking them beat and looking over and thinking to himself, I don't know. Tori's pretty, would be a pretty good partner for me. Uh, do, do I take it? Do I not? And you know, Tori is looking at Devin and thinking, I love you, but my other option is CT. Like, do I at least say CT, you want to do this and just deal with the consequences later? Because you, in, in any, there's no way, no matter how good of friends you are, if, if this hypothetical came true and TJ told this team of four, you now need to be two teams of two that Tori couldn't look at Devin and CT. No matter. I mean, she could be, Devin could be her brother. They could be married. It, they could be the best friends the world has ever seen. <laughs> But if she, she got put in the position to pick, who do you want to be your partner, Devin or CT, in this moment with half a final left in front of her in a mountain to climb, there's no way in hell she doesn't at least highly consider and talk out loud about should I take CT, and that would just be unbelievable television. So that is what I'm hoping for amongst everything else. But predictions, uh, Casey, Nani, Nelson, Kyle, they are in second place. I think they face each other in elimination. I think then Casey and Nelson win those eliminations and stay in the game. And then I think they run an individual final from there on out. And with that, I believe on the women's side, the female side, cause I, I also am still predicting that two people win a male and female, whether or not second and third place get any money. I always kind of hope so. Who knows, though? Uh, they deserve something a little bit. Uh, I've, I've heard some other fans out there say sometimes, like, what's the point of third place, you know, getting 20 grand and second place getting 30 grand and then the rest going to the winner? Uh, the point is that 20 grand's a whole lot, 30 grand's a whole lot of money to a lot of people, uh, including a lot of people on this show from time to time. So uh, I, I would hope it's something like that where the winner gets an absolute boatload. I think that's actually maybe exactly how they broke it down on Double Agents, and I loved it, 450, um, 450, 30, 20 on both the male and female side. 
absolutely love it. On the female side, I think Tori's going to win. I think she's going to get the win, solidify her status in this game. People can talk all the shit they want. We love Tori here at the Challenge Historian, and that's probably not changing anytime soon. So we think she's going to get this win. And then on the male side, look, it everyone would assume CT's to lose all season long. From the moment I came on this podcast to, to, to preview this season, we have said almost immediately CT's going to win. CT's going to dominate. He's going to win. He's going to go back to back. He's going to, you know, ignite the GOAT. Uh, debate between he and bananas and even, you know, further his case even more for most, a lot of those people out there that think he is the best to have ever done it. But I think (laughs) as much as I've thought that all season long, going into this final episode, I've got to go slightly out on a limb because I've also made this prediction a little bit later in the season, but a few weeks back now, I predicted that Nelson would get his first ever win. And I think, looking at what we've seen in this final so far, that if Nelson survives the elimination portion at the end of day one, if he survives being in a team of four and getting through whatever elimination, likely a puzzle is put in front of him, if he makes it to day two, and day two more or less is just someone's got to get to the top of this mountain, I think we got a glimpse in the first half of the final Nelson's moving up this mountain a lot faster than anyone else. Guy, girl, anyone else, CT included. And I think Nelson can, and I think Nelson will win this and become a challenge champion. And it'll be the greatest day for all of us Nelson stands out here who absolutely love this guy. And I can't wait to see it. Uh, so I'm thinking, I'm predicting Tory wins, Nelson wins. And I'm hoping that uh, that we get pairs instead of individuals. Um, just for the drama of it. I'm hoping that the eliminations are dramatic and fun-filled. I'm hoping that we get to see them eat some really dumb, disgusting stuff because it's always hilarious. And I'm just hoping for an amazing end to what I think has been a very above-average, good, burgeoning on at times it had flashes of greatness and never reached anywhere near great season status. But certainly the last, the back third of the season has been fantastic down the stretch as things ratcheted up, as all the vets eliminated all the rookies and had to start actually looking at each other a little bit more. I think we've had an amazing five, six episode run here to end the season to kind of really lift a season that was struggling at times to heights that we weren't really expecting early on or weren't getting necessarily early on and is going to close out a really good season in really good fashion that's what we're hoping expecting and predicting to happen tomorrow night with the finale we will know who the champion is and we will of course come back right away to talk about it all we'll recap it we'll be up burning that midnight oil we'll post that recap podcast you know i'm watching it live with y'all so as soon as we can probably by midnight wednesday night It will be out into the world, so please come back, check back with that. As always, hit that follow, subscribe button wherever you're listening or watching this now so that you don't miss any episode. We'll be back with that recap tomorrow night, then again Thursday with our all-stars recap, and then again next week doing it all one more time all the way through, likely with three podcasts, maybe two, we shall see. But thank you so much for being here. I hope you were looking forward to tomorrow night's finale as much as I am. I will talk to you immediately after it is done. Until then, peace.